Joshua chapter 14. So glad to have some of the young men from Lynchburg Church with me and uh, some people from the D.C. Church. Man, I'm just blessed. Y'all thank God for the, for, for the Ram Nation in the house. Amen. See Corey Mickey coming in. He tried to take my church over the Lynchburg Church last night. So I got to demote him. Amen. The people were shouting too much. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready? John chapter 14, verse 11 and verse 12. If you will stand with me for the reading of God's word. Joshua chapter 14, verse 11 and verse 12. When you have it signified by saying, I have the bread. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore... Give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so, be the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And all of God's people said, amen. Before you sit down, I want you to share this uh, message topic because some of us will only remember the topic. Share this message topic with the person and you can be seated. Tell them God won't let me settle. Uh, You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. God won't let me settle. You know, Um, a visionary leader has to carry uh, something on their shoulders and in their spirit that's very complicated. I would call it a blessing and a curse. But for the purpose of having a spectrum of believers in this room tonight, I'll call it a blessing and a burden. What is that? Uh, The blessing is that we're always looking for what's next. And the curse slash burden is we are always looking for what's next. And we have to learn how to coexist in that space. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give you a few points and I'll conclude. Challenge point number one. This is your challenge. Celebrate your progression. This is for visionary leaders. Now, you all that don't have vision, just eavesdrop or help us take notes. Because most of us visionary leaders have a little ADHD and ADD anyway. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, celebrate your progression. Yeah. If you look through scripture, and this is why it's important that we don't become anti tradition. All right. You can be progressive and still be pro-tradition. I mean, all of us have traditions. The challenge is if you are anti-tradition, that means you'll never have any type of stability or in, in, in no reference points. Now, when I say tradition, I know all of a sudden, all of y'all got all of this stuff in your head about what a tradition is. Well, If you grow up in classical Pentecostalism, of course, we have a lot of traditions. If you grew up in Catholicism, you have a lot of traditions. But I want to lift to you, even this present church culture has a lot of traditions. 
If it's holes in your jeans and baseball caps every service, that is your tradition. Come on. You know, screens and that that all praise and worship starts with an upbeat song to get the energy of the room increased and strong to bring us down to a cool down of a slow worship song. Tradition. Jesus was never anti-tradition. The scriptures go against tradition that makes the gospel of Jesus Christ of non-effect. Anytime you become anti-tradition and anti-establishment, then it begins to backfire on you when you become the establishment. Because you cannot be a culture to be anti-authority, anti-tradition, anti-leadership, and then at some point you become that leader. And then expect to breed loyalty out of a diet of, oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying, out of a diet of contention. We need, we need stuff to rehearse. We need things to repeat. We need stones and monuments that generations can ask us, what does this mean? Because our traditions are the vehicle of our principles. Our traditions are the vehicles of our principles. That's why you need to keep something from the old house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, come on. You need to keep something from the old house. Glory. You need to keep grandma's pot. I know, I know grandma's pot got some scratches on the inside of it. I know that Tupperware for had got spaghetti, you know, stained on the inside of it from two years ago. But somebody need to be able to tell the story. This is the only pot we had at one time. Yes, you celebrate your progression. So you need to keep your testimony close to you. People who get prideful are people who remove themselves from their testimony. Hallelujah. People who, who hold their head up too high and they only can speak to preachers and bishops are people who forgot what it was to be a lay member and a no name. Come on, somebody. Glory be to God. Tell your neighbor, rehearse the story. Rehearse the story. And celebrate your progression because no one wants to follow a leader who always sees a need for improvement but never sees grounds of accomplishments. You don't want to work with a manager that's like that. I remember we were in a meeting one time and we were just having a candid conversation. This is some years ago with uh, the staff at the church. And it came up in a very jokingly way. And it says, you know, pastor don't really speak to us. When he walk in, he don't speak to nobody. And they were laughing at each other. I said, that's not true. I'm one of the most friendliest people you will ever meet. He said, yeah, yeah, pastor, but you don't speak. And I said, oh, I rebuke that. And they kept joking. Have you ever been joking and somebody were laughing and all, and you was trying to laugh too, but on the inside you was like, And you want to say, stop laughing. Y'all laughing, but I'm serious. You know, like, no, no, I speak to everybody. They say, oh, no, you don't. Do it. And then it, make, it makes it even worse when they start getting people to co-sign. And the whole group, come on. Hey, get Trina. Trina, do he speak? now? he don't speak. And everybody's laughing. And everybody else is laughing. But I'm disturbed because it's not true. I speak to everybody. This is at the Candler's Mount Church. I speak to everybody and they say, oh, no, you don't. And I realized as though even though I was the pastor, I could not pull them over 
to believe my side. What they ended up doing saying, okay, that's not agreement. Come on, married couples, you know what that means. That means I'm not arguing with you anymore. Okay. <laughs> and they make you want to go to a room and scream, you know. Never forget one day I walked into the church in the, through the lobby and I walked in and when I walked in I saw a Hardy's cup sitting on the desk and so, certain things and so I walked in I said uh, whose cup is that y'all need to you know move that and clean off the counter because you know people are going to come in and I said did I get in the mail hey did the guy from the real estate guy did he call they said oh no nah, yeah I said well let me know if he called I'm going to my office and I was walking up to my office and I stopped I said hey everybody they said no we already know this is what you do because I'm so I was so obsessed with what was next. I was so distracted about what was next that I was ignoring my now and not celebrating what we had come from. See, this is why we need to celebrate our progression. We can't live there, but we need to celebrate it because in the South, we have something called kindling. Now, y'all probably don't because y'all don't really get cold, cold weather here. But in our part of the South, and I know y'all don't think it's South, but Virginia is South. We get cold weather and we have stoves and heaters. And to get it started, you don't take the big pieces of wood. I mean, you got big pieces of wood, but what gets it started is not the big pieces of wood. It's the small chips they call kindling. You know why? I mean, you can look this up because kindling is easily combustible. It's easily flammable. It's a small thing, but it can start the fire. And you need small uh, goals. You need small victories. Hallelujah. That can get the fire going. Now, now I know what it is with you because you know, you're waiting for us to accomplish the big goal. But I'm going to tell you there's momentum that's built from the kindling. Now, see, in church, we only celebrate what we think big miracles are. But if you have been smoking a whole pack of cigarettes every day and you get down to two. Oh, see, y'all, see, see, look at y'all churchy people. No, 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 no. I know you're looking and saying, well, you should be all the way out by now. But if you only knew where I started. I used to have to drink the function. Y'all not saying that to me here. Now I may sip a little bit just to go to bed at night, but I'm, I'm a whole lot in a different place than I started. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, celebrate the progression. Because celebrating the progression will give you the fire you need for the momentum of the longer journey. You can get so consumed in your head that you're missing out on the anointing that's available in your now. Hmm so celebrated uh, tonight's cent- central character in the text and I'll go quickly to it tonight's central character in our text um, that I read out of Joshua chapter 14 is not Joshua and it is not Moses uh, this gentleman is a little uh, less celebrated um, he's not as popular as the other literary colleagues But the truth is, there are no extras in God's drama. (laughs) There are no extra people in God's drama. It's Caleb. Caleb. It's a little problematic because the etymology of the name Moses means to be drawn out of the water. Uh, 
The etymology of the name Joshua, where we get Yeshua from, means Jehovah is salvation. But the name Caleb means uh, dog. Mm. Moses pulled out of water. We can preach that everything from baptism and hallelujah to cleansing. Joshua, Jehovah is salvation. But Caleb, dog. Mm. It is believed that in Israel, every tribe had a standard or banner. And every standard or banner would have had an insignia. Some have lifted that maybe Judah at one time was not just characterized by a lion, but also characterized by a dog. Mm. And Caleb is out of the tribe of Judah. Not only out of the tribe of Judah, but he's a leader out of the tribe of Judah. One thing we know about the character of a dog is that you can't put something in front of a dog without a dog desiring it. A dog is always hungry. Mm. I want you to touch somebody on the left and the right of you. Talk to that visionary leader. Tell them, don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your hunger for growth. Don't lose your hunger for expansion. And don't lose your hunger for Jesus. Because you know it's possible to do this and stop believing in this. It's possible to preach this and be disconnected from this. Push somebody to tell them, don't lose your hunger. When you stop being hungry, you stop eating. And when you stop eating, you stop living. And that's why I want to challenge some people in this room tonight. You're going to go through seasons of your life and your ministry that you can't gauge. You're going to go through seasons of your life and ministry that you can't put your finger on. You're going to feel like you're in a no man's land and uncharted water. Joshua chapter 3 says you're coming through a place you've never been before. And during that time you'll either seek out revelation and information and understanding or you'll start operating on autopilot. You start feeling disconnected but going through the motions. And I want you to encourage somebody to tell them even when you don't feel it keep eating no 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 even when you don't feel it now see this is what you say well no I don't want to fake I'm not telling you to fake I'm telling you to command your soul come on I'm not telling you I'm not telling you to put on but I'm telling you to do what you know to do do what you did when you were in your right mind operate in what you knew to do when you were sober because there are going to come moments in your life and your ministry that you'll be functioning without feeling. Mm, yes. What happens when you're going through a season where sin has sedated you, but you don't have the luxury to do the sabbatical like everybody else? Oh, okay, this is too, oh, I'm sorry. Is this too much? I'm not talking to sinners and newcomers. I'm talking about leaders. What happens when you know you need to pull away, but you feel like the people around you can't afford it? And so you start going through in your head. How do I operate? What do, what do I do? 
I'm telling, hey, I'm telling you to do what you knew to do when you were sober. It was, it was a, a story of a man during the Vietnam War. He was given this task to get to the enemy's line, crawling across a rice paddy field. And while he was crawling across the rice paddy field, he understood that if one of the other soldiers would have seen him at any given time, he would have been killed. And there were moments he was crawling on his elbows and pulling his knees and having to sit still with bugs crawling all over him. And the heat and the lack of food and nourishment caused him to start hallucinating. And there were moments where a soldier was near him and he said he had to hold his breath. He held his breath until the soldier moved. And finally, he made it to the other side to accomplish the mission. When he got back to the U.S., they interviewed him and asked him, during the time you start hallucinating, how did you keep your focus? How did you keep moving? He says, in the moments when I didn't know what was real and what wasn't, I reminded myself of what I knew was right when I started. And I come to tell somebody this way is not by feeling, this way is by faith. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, every time I do it, I don't feel it. But I do it because I know I'm called to do it. Hallelujah. Every time you see me dancing, it's not because I got a check in the mail. I got to keep moving my body to keep the blood flowing in my life. I need you to push a visionary leader. Tell him, stay in it. Stay in it. You got a better chance recovering in this atmosphere than staying in your head. Did you hear what I said? You got a better chance recovering in worship. Than it is you stand at home in your head. I need you to lay your hands on your neighbor's shoulder and give them eye contact. And tell them God is not intimidated by your contradiction. God is not intimidated by your contradiction. Because the truth is all of us got them. All of us got those contradictions. All of us got faith for everybody else. And we struggle with faith for ourselves. But scream at somebody. Tell them whatever you do. Don't lose your hunger. And when you lose it, keep eating. And when you lose it, keep eating. And when you don't feel like it, lay on your face. And when you don't feel like God is touching you, you got to say, I'm holding on to you. And I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. I'm going to keep jumping until I feel it again. I'm going to keep hollering until I get it. I don't even feel an unction in my tongues. But I'm going to keep moving my lips until the unction comes back. don't lose your hunger don't lose your hunger Caleb Caleb stayed hungry you already know the story y'all be seated and I'll get there and I'll finish you already know the account Joshua and Caleb is sent out with 10 other spies by the prophetic leader Moses to spy out this new promised land when they come back they're Report is filled with positive statements. Now, it does not mean their statements ignore the facts. They said, no, they're giants, but we're well able. The other spies just says, no, we can't do this. Hear me. When you're walking in faith, your language is filled with God. But when you're operating in fear, your language is filled with you. 
That's how you know you're starting to operate in fear and considering walking in your flesh because every time Caleb opened up his mouth, he kept saying Yahweh and Yahweh will give us and Yahweh will do this and Yahweh. But what did the other spies say? We can't. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. So what you're looking at will either speak to your faith or speak to your fear. But listen to what Numbers chapter 13 verse 30 says. Caleb stilled the people. Oh my God. He, he stilled the people. I want you to know God is giving you a grace to cause peace in the atmosphere around you. I come to tell about 50 of you in this room that everybody's storm don't have to be your storm. I'm, you hear me? I say everybody's storm don't have to be your storm. If they want to lose their mind, you lose your mind. But this ain't my first rodeo. Come on somebody. This ain't the first time I've had a challenge. This ain't the first time I've had people to walk out on me. This ain't as many as that's the truth is many of us were born in and through adversity I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I know what a struggle looks like come on testify to somebody tell them I know what a struggle feels like and some of you I'm not mad at you but you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and you ain't never had to struggle but there's a group of us in here we've had to fight for everything we've ever had ain't nobody handed me nothing oh but God put a fight on the inside of me look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I'm not pulling back now and your storm doesn't have to be my storm. You got to steal the people. Pastor, I don't know what we're going to do. What you mean you don't know what we're going to do? We're going to do what we've always done. We're going to trust God. Everybody leaving. Everybody? Aren't we still here? We started with a handful. Hallelujah. And if I get broken down to nothing but a remnant, I got enough to rebuild. Y'all not talking to me in here. Hallelujah. You got to be careful about what people You may not always be able to control how you feel, but you can control what you say. I need you to get out of your seat and run to three people. Tell them, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth because the next chapter of your life is going to be written with the words that come out of your mouth. You keep waiting for somebody to call you out and prophesy to you, but you better learn how to prophesy to yourself. I need you to pull on somebody tell them, I'm going to talk my way through this. I'm going to coach myself through this. I, I declare everything around me. You either got to be speaking faith or you got to remove yourself. Because fear is contagious. Pastor Pat, fear is contagious. Fear, I said fear is contagious. Y'all think I'm playing. I'm not telling you that COVID wasn't real. COVID was definitely real. If you you experienced it, you know it was real. But I promise you that COVID had more momentum in our physical bodies because of fear than the disease itself. Fear will make you lose your mind. Fear will let cancer spread quicker. Fear, fear, fear. Fear is a spirit. That will attach itself to your body like a parasite. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, get the fear out of your camp. Get the fear. I'll need some people around me that when I speak a big vision, you'll shout, we got it, we got it. We're going to do it. Stop. I want to tell you, visionary leaders, stop presenting your goals as though it's a hard thing. Stop 
presenting. Come on, stop presenting your vision as though it's something we need to tremble over. Start standing in faith and says, church, this year we need to raise $3.5 million. And when the visionary leader said, what are we going to do? We're going to shout, hallelujah. All right. Now, y'all ain't went to sleep over there. I'm a, I'm a prophetic preacher. I need, I need the musicians. I'm going to prophesy with the music. And I want every musician that took a break and went to the bathroom and eating snacks. And y'all get up under this. Amen. All right. You ready, Corey? Ivan, you ready? Y'all ready? All right. Drama, you ready? And this is what you do. You steal the people. But what you do, you got to get with your remnant. Come in, come in. You got to get with your remnant. Like-minded folks. And listen to what I'm saying. Let me tell you, Pastor. Everybody who's your remnant is not an elder. Y'all having meetings with the wrong people. Just because somebody is good in administration don't mean they're good in faith. Sometimes the people who count the money, they ain't the people who's great in faith. Let them just deal with the numbers, but not the conversation. You just write the check. You don't make no decisions. You're doing well at what you do. I need you to be able to tell me how much we need, but don't tell me what decision you would make. Because just because you count it don't mean that you own it. This is what I do. I get with my remnant before I make the full announcement to everybody. And I say, y'all, I'm looking at this piece of property and they say it's about five million dollars. What'd you say? Oh, we can, yeah. Well, we already, oh, we are, all right. But you see, y'all say we already got it. All right, all right. And then this is what we do. Then we get up in front of the masses. See, what happens is some of us have done it backwards. We went to the masses and then had to recover with the remnant. But you got to get with the remnant first. And say, listen, I believe God told me. God already showed it to me in a dream. that was going to get this proper now. They got this big price on it. Now, either God going to give us the money or he going to bring down the price. So I'm going to make the announcement Sunday. Y'all ready? All right, Sunday morning. Saints, there's a piece of property I believe God gonna give us. It's five million dollars. We already got it. What it does, people who live in the balance, because they live in the balance in their own lives. Everybody who's fearful is not demonic. Many of them are blank landscapes. They go with the herd. So if the remnant is not loud enough, they're going to get pulled with the demonic. You got to make a noise loud enough that will scare the demons and convince those who are in the middle. I want y'all to practice one more time. God is going to give us a new piece of property. Come on. I want y'all really quickly.
Get with some of your friends. Get with some of your friends right quick. Somebody know you. Come on. Get with some of your friends. Somebody didn't know you. Somebody know you. Come on. Y'all need some friends. Y'all ain't got no friends. Glory be to God. Thank God. Say your family's last name. I want you to tell them since tonight, God is releasing something for our family. And we'll have it by November. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Caleb. The reason why told you to get up under this and I told the musicians to get up under this because defeat has a look and some of you looking defeated tonight but victory has a sound yes there's a young man and Ram Texas and heard me Ram Texas heard me tell us, I'm going to tell you because I ain't never met you. There's a young man that was at Green Rock Correctional Facility in Chatham, Virginia. I was there preaching one night. And when we got up in there, Holy Ghost fell in the service. The warden told me, you know, to stop getting them conjured up because it's a security risk. I didn't make no promises. I'm from the country. I tell you all the story. Holy Ghost fell in there. Seven inmates got filled with the Holy Ghost that night. Speaking in tongues. One young man walked up to me afterwards. He said, Bishop, I appreciate you coming in here. Our lives are changed every time you come. He said, you and I are around the same age. And I looked at him. He looked so young. I said, we? He said, you, you and I are the same age. He said, well, what happened is I've been here since I was young. I said, really? He said, yeah, but I'm innocent. I said, uh-huh. He said, I know what you're saying. No, for real, I am innocent. I'm here for murder, but I'm innocent. What happened was I was riding with my friends I knew they were going to rob the store. I stayed in the car, but I didn't even know they had a gun. The shopkeeper fought them off, and one of my friends took out a gun and shot and killed the store owner. He said, when we went to court, I didn't even get out the car. I didn't even have a gun, but I got the same sentence that they did. I quickened when he said that to me. Because I got a revelation that if you can be guilty by association, you can be blessed by association. I need to hear the sound of those who believe God. Let me hear the sound of those. I want you to get out of your seat and touch seven people. Tell them, I still believe God. I still believe up and I'm a street. I still believe God. Oh, if you're watching online, type on the screen. I still believe God. I still against my fears. I believe God. Against my questions, I believe God. Against my deficit, I believe God. Look at somebody. Tell them I'm a little older. Tell them I'm a little older. But I still believe God. I 
somebody shout I don't receive that somebody shout I don't receive that I don't receive the negative report shout I don't receive it I, I, I don't receive the fear I don't receive the storm I'm telling you when I walked in when I was believing God for our third location to move into Lynchburg across the street from the university and I'll never forget I was waiting to sign the papers and while I was waiting to sign the papers the man kept giving me the run around I said I know you said he's going to get with your lawyers but I, need, I want to go ahead and sign the papers we excited about moving because I told the whole church I said we're moving y'all and we were shouting and excited and I said everybody just get up and move something in faith people picked up chairs uh, Pastor Evan he was brother Evan at the time him and James walked up to the pulpit and picked me up and moved me across because I said pick up something I said we're moving and I kept saying, oh, man, we didn't shout about it. We didn't shout about it. We didn't prophesy about it. I just need to sign the paper to feel a little more comfortable about it. Hallelujah. Point to somebody. Tell them it's a sure thing. Without the paperwork, it's a sure thing. Hey, without the money in the account, it's a sure thing. You know why? Because you got a word. How? Oh! I tell you. So I called the man. I called the man. I said, Yeah. I was walking in my church on a Wednesday night. I was walking in my church on a Wednesday night. And I walked in. The man called me. And I was in my little storefront church. He called me. He, his name was Paul. I said, Hey, how you doing, Paul? He says, He says, I'm good. I, I hate to call you. I know you got Bible study tonight. I said, Yes, sir. Hey, he said, uh, I hate to call you and tell you this, but the uh, reason why I hadn't got you the paperwork is because there's another deal that's been going on. I said, really? Yes, there's another deal. He said, yes, um, there's some people that's going to build a hotel right here. And uh, they've offered to buy it from us. And, and it's enough money that me and my family can retire. And he says, I wanted to help the church. And he apologized, but this is a decision for me and my family. I said, oh, okay. Okay, he says, he said, I hated to tell you this, he says, what are you going to tell the church? And I want everybody in this room to know that don't worry about labeling all your gifts, okay? Because we all looking at which part of the five-fold ministry you have. What spiritual gift you got? I'm going to tell you which one you got. You got the one that you need for the moment that you're standing in. Same spirit. How? Oh, many gifts, different administrations, same spirit. And in that moment, the gift of faith rose up in me. Now, somebody like me who could be scared of everything, in that moment, the gift of faith stood up in me. I said, I'm not going to tell them anything. He said, oh, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes, but what you mean you're not going to tell them anything? I said, well, sir, I've been trying to be very professional with you. But uh, I said, the Lord told me that building belongs to us. He says, I, I said, I'm not trying to come off as a Jesus fanatic. I don't know which, whether you believe the Lord talks, but the Lord spoke to me and told me that God, that building belonged to us. He said, ah, uh, he said, okay. He said, but the man's investors have already lined up. And, and he says, and, and he says, and I appreciate you. He said, I, I, I believe in God. And he said, I appreciate you being a man of faith and, and being optimistic. But I'm telling you, the man's investors have, have, have lined up. And as a matter of fact, they're going to sign tomorrow. 
He said, they're going to sign tomorrow at 12. He said, the only thing is now, if they don't sign tomorrow by 12, he said, I'll gladly let you, uh, let you sign. He said, as a matter of fact, I'll take you and your staff out to lunch. I ain't had no staff. I just had volunteers at the church, but you know what I mean. You know, I had people I made up as a staff, you know. Won't nobody getting paid from the church. I was paying the church. Amen. He said, so they got to sign. I said, they got to sign tomorrow by 12. He said, tomorrow by 12. And I'm going to tell you, I went into the sanctuary. I don't, this is not, I don't know why I'm saying all this. God want me to say this to somebody in here tonight. I walked in the sanctuary in my little storefront church. We call it storefront cathedral. And I'm going to tell you all, because we celebrated our progression. We have, we had uh, broke down wooden pews. And we had an open overflow section with white plastic chairs from the family dollar. And we were proud of our church. And a smoking choking for the van. You had to pat it and try to start. Amen. I went and got on my knees at that altar and I almost started to cry and wail like I knew to do. Lord Jesus, move on a man, Lord. I'm serious. I would start to pray. And in that moment, I got on my knees. I said, Lord, I trust you. What else is left to do? I didn't pray. I didn't fast. What else is left to do? And the first person that walked in the church that night, the first person was my mother. And when my mother walked in the church, I almost told her. And the Holy Ghost said, because my mother's a woman of great faith. But sometimes people's close proximity to you can desire them to try to save you from hurt and disappointment and they'll be saving you from one of the greatest moments of faith in your life. So I, I said, I said, hey, my mama, I said, she said, hey, how was the day? I said, all is well, all is well. And the people started coming in the church, coming to church. I played at that time. I, w- I was playing for praise and worship and leading praise and worship. And then I taught Bible study. At the end of Bible study, I said, does anybody have an annou- any announcements? And this woman in our church, who's an elder now, but when I met her years ago, her and her boyfriend were shacking. I was having Bible study and prayer meetings in her house. And now they are one of the most Stable signs of leadership in our church. I mean, business is all over the city. I ain't gonna tell too much more of that business. They probably watch and say, Bishop. Shh. But that night, Sonia Jennings in our church, she's an elder now, but her name was Sonia Jennings. Amen. Sonia and Ted Jennings. See, Back in the day, preachers would go from city to city and tell lies. We on social media now. You got to tell the truth. Come on. You got to be honest. Y'all can't make up stories. She asked any announcements. She said, I have an announcement. She said, I said, what's your announcement? She says, today I was in my kitchen washing dishes. She said, now we have a dishwasher, but I don't like to use the dishwasher. You know how people test it. I don't like to use the dishwasher because I don't feel like the dishes are clean if you don't hand wash it. I said, all right, come on, tell the testimony. She said, while I was washing dishes, the Lord spoke to me. I said, all right, what did he say? And this is how I do in my church to this day. I help people, you know. What did he say? Turn it to victory. 
You know what she said? She said, she said, Pastor, the Lord said he's going to give you a, a, a he's going to give you a miracle tomorrow. And when she said that, I jumped up. See, some of you all, some of you all are just getting acquainted with ramp culture. That when one of us run, we all run. That running to the front and dancing that people mock it like, look at them just putting on. You don't realize. No, no. We ran to the front and danced at the altar back in the day because we were a handful of college students that didn't have money. And so we said, well, we're going to give God a sacrifice of praise. Didn't know about, well, no tithers in our church, but Derek Monroe and my mother and my mother was a janitor. So we would run to the front and dance at the altar as a sign of our offering. And when we really got crazy, we ran out on the sidewalk with a Japanese restaurant to the left and a family dollar to the right. And that's why owning our own houses and businesses, we're still dancing. Oh, don't you be elevated above a praise. I said, don't you be elevated above a praise. So when I took off running, everybody started running with me. I need people who will praise with me even when they don't know the details. I need people who will see me dancing and says, I see you walking in something. I want to get up under you. See, every once in a while when somebody starts dancing, you got to get up under them and help them get that breakthrough. It's got to be that quick. You ain't got to ask no questions. God is working out the details. You ain't got to ask no question. Oh. All right. All right. I'm going to slow it down for some of y'all in a few minutes. But this is what we call an accelerated praise. I told you we gonna have it by November, so I want you to dance fast right now, like ho. After church, I told my staff, after church, I said, I need y'all to come with me and meet me at that office at 12 o'clock. Me and my staff. They had to get off work to come, my staff. And we got to the desk, standing at the desk. The lady said, how can I help you? So I'm here to talk to Paul. She said, well, 
he's in a very important meeting. Does he know you're coming? I said, uh-huh, yes. <laughs> she said, okay, uh, well, it's kind of congested in here. You can go out maybe to the parking lot area. I tell him you're here and when he gets off his car. We stood out there and prayed. And one of the sweet mothers of our church who used to be a nun, she said, Lord, even if somebody got to die, I know you're going to bless us with that prophet. I need people that roll like that. Say, God, I heard Court Mika say, God will kill for me. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> See, y'all that got in church and became weak and punks, but God, I tell you, I serve a God. He fights for me. Anything to get in my way. I said, anything that gets in my way. He said, I bless them to bless you. Don't y'all cut that part up. That man walked out to the parking lot with a manila envelope and looked at me, a manila folder. He looked at me, he said, uh, he said, uh, uh, where y'all want to have lunch? When God speaks a thing, it's a sure thing. Lay hands on somebody's shoulder. Tell them, I know it's been a long time coming, but it's a sure thing. Looks like everything has been working against it, but it's a sure thing. For just a little while, he that will come, out shall come, and will not delay, will not tarry. Hope. Point to somebody and tell them it's a sure thing. Surely. 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 God don't lie. Y'all help her. Help her. Go ahead. Go lady. Go miss lady. Right. Oh. That's right.
Bible said about Caleb. Hear this, Aaron. Bishop McNair. Hear this. He said, he said, Caleb got a different spirit. And I'm telling you in this room, stop rejecting the part of you that don't blend with everybody else. That's the part of you where your creativity flows. Some of you been saying, I don't feel like I fit. You don't have to fit. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to fit to be a part. Embrace it. Because I always felt, I'm telling you, I always felt like I was just so, so off. To the point, I would have to wear veils and mask to fit into preacher circles. Because I found out that there are more people who are more comfortable with my presentation than they are my person. And the Lord has to speak about Caleb. Say, Caleb, you got a different spirit. You're different. And instead of rejecting it, start embracing it. If your ministry is going to be like everybody else's, why have one? Do it like God gave it to you. Because if not, you're going to create a Frankenstein ministry. Trying to make your church fit everybody instead of who it's called to. You're trying to be something God never called you to be. Trying to reach a demographic that hasn't been assigned to you. And even after you do all those changes, they won't come. I preached about David all of those years. About, you know, I'm next. And I like that, that, that type of preaching. You know, the oil wouldn't flow. Because David got to come. David is next. And I'm next. The Lord showed me to look at it a different way. Did David and his brothers... May not be a sign of different people, but may be a sign of one person with multiple presentations. We want God to anoint who we want to be. Who we post to be. Who we present ourselves to be. But the anointing is not going to flow until you show up. The real you. The real you with the broken vernacular. The real you with the messed up skin. The real you who can't preach it like everybody else preaching. And can't do it like everybody else do it. Scream at somebody. Tell them you got a different spirit. You almost got to be off with people to be on with God. I didn't want to do. I appreciate y'all clapping for me when y'all said uh talked about me being an artist. That's real nice. I never wanted to be it. No, no, really, I, I never wanted to be it. I wish there was a way. And I used to always wish for this. And the Lord had to shift my mindset about it. So I'm preaching this message. I'm, I'm entwined in here. Because I wanted to learn, know how I could be anointed and anonymous. Now, some people want to be seen. Some of us want to be seen. We like the spotlight. And I know it's hard for you to believe that some of us preachers are really introverts with extrovert tendencies. That we're really outside of this socially awkward. And sometimes say off things because we just don't know what we're supposed to say. 
You hear me? Aaron McNair. Yes. Yes. Amen. Some of us, as much as we love people and love God and love ministry, we find our greatest comfort in our house by ourselves without a whole lot of people. I know it's hard for you to believe it. That some of us would rather be the cheerleader to somebody else. Many of us are like Saul. We have to be pulled out from among the stuff. And it's not because I don't love God. And it's not because I don't want to be used by God. It's because I don't want the other stuff that comes with it. Oh yeah, if it was just a hand clap, it would be fine. But you don't get hand claps without criticism. If it, yes, if it, if it was just support, it would be one thing. But what happens when you got to dodge the javelins? And then how is it that God would make me responsible for other people's souls? When I'm still yet working out my own soul salvation. Oh, y'all and y'all going to be with fear and trembling. So, Caleb, you got you got a different spirit. And there gonna always be people and you trying to make you be something that you're not called to be. I ain't want to be no artist. It was a part of the vision, though, right? The vision in the beginning of our church, we wrote down a whole bunch of stuff. And then God started coming for that stuff we wrote down. Brother Enoch Paku would come to me and says, Bishop, we need to record. I said, I'm not interested. So he'll wait and come back another week. I said, well, so I talked to these guys and we could do just, you know, a simple project. With, I said, Enoch, with everything else I got going on, I don't have no, no time to do a recording. And where's the money coming from? She said, well, I've been working. I said, Enoch, do what I asked you to do. Where's the reports that I need for the uh, businesses? And I always say, Enoch is African, not African-American. He's African. So he ain't broken easy at all, you know. <laughs> you, know he, you know, he didn't come through the that mid-Atlantic slave trade. He, they still kings and queens, you know. <laughs> so he don't, what well, my point is, he's not easily offended. Because some of you, our growth and your maturation in church has been limited. And your acceleration and elevation has been hindered. Because we can't teach you at the speed we desire. Because we have to consider how we're going to say it to you every time we address you. Because you must be carried like a fragile egg. So instead of using you and developing you, we just use somebody else or do it ourselves. So he comes back and says, well, Bishop, you said about some money. I did find that uh, this company said they will, you know, partner with us. I, I said, Enoch, all right, well, come on, well, hurry up. Let's do it and get it over with. Because I said, I don't want to be an artist. He said, well, no, it was never your vision to be an artist. It was your vision to create the infrastructure that you would go before so your sons and daughters would have a platform. See, you need people in your life that will speak back to you what you said, God said. Because at this time, I'm trying to find out how I can exit. Why I can exit while everything is good. So I can exit and, and rescue any youth I still have left. Now, See, some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us that grew up in this. And our whole childhood was in this. I'm not talking about y'all that you went away and there was nothing wrong with it. I, test, I thank God for your testimony. But some of y'all went away for 10 years and then you came back. I'm talking about us who backslid but we served. We backslid but we were still serving. 
We didn't, we didn't get the luxury of disappearing. And everybody celebrate when we come back home. We were the eldest son that stayed by the father. And when everybody else took their break, now we're looking at our age. And we're looking at a little gray hair here and a little gray hair there. And a little receding hairline here. And this, hold up, I never got a chance. I never got a chance to do what everybody is posting. I never got a chance. Come on, don't y'all look at me like this. Be honest with me. You love God and you love church and sometimes... You don't want the yoke of this. The yoke of this can make you feel claustrophobic. So he started spitting back to me what I said the Lord said. I said, okay, well, let's do it and get it over with. Had no idea that we were recorded. And ain't no way, ain't no way that in a day and time where everybody is singing uh, CCM music, you know, ain't, ain't no way we gonna come out with the storm is passing over, and anybody gonna download it. Ain't no way. We gotta change, you know. Come on, turn all the lights off. You know, give me some more. You know, give me some more smoke smoke machines. Let me, you know, give me Acts two thirty eight. Put right here. Just something. You understand what I'm saying? Cause ain't no way I need to be them in order to be successful. And then here go our music going up the charts. And I'm getting calls from, from, the, uh, from billboards. I'm getting calls from this agency. They said, where did y'all come from? I was like, Lynchburg. <laughs> and so then we start getting Grammy considered and then get Stella nominated. And the night, uh, I'm going to leave to go to the Stellas. I am at the church honoring the choir because the choir can't go. I don't want to go, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do this. So when I went on my way, before I left the church at night, they called me and say, um, the Stella Awards is having a meeting. I said, at this time of night? Yes. They want to know, will you sing at the Stellas? I said, and of course, Enoch is over here like, and it's just a few seconds you're going to be on the floor and I said sure we going so sure and then I had people contact me what you going to wear hey I'm going to dress you for the Stella's I said I already know what I'm going to wear and they said what you going to wear I said "Uh, I'm going to wear my white robe and they was like oh bishop please please bishop don't fish uh. I mean we get it but don't wear that white robe please I said what's wrong with my white robe I mean it's nothing wrong with it it's the stylus so I didn't say nothing but I still packed my white robe and they started telling hey there, there's some people that's reaching out they says hey if you just they'll dress you they'll buy the clothes as long as you just tag them on social media and give them credit I said okay okay we got there in the rehearsal I was on the floor to where they were going. And they said, no, tell them to get on the stage, on the stage left. So then I went on stage left. And then they said, no, no, tell them to get on stage right. Then I'm on stage right. I said, they said, now sound check. One but a handful of people in there, but the handful were in there were very talented and skillful. And I opened my mouth and was too scared to sing. And then they stopped. I said, well, what about the band? They says, we changed our mind. You're not going to have a band. You're going to have a track. 
I said, how in the world am I going to sing the storm is passing over with a track? Mm. Then I remember it by Shata. I remember what he gave me in the storefront. Hey, when I didn't have a whole band, I remember what he gave me in the storefront. So what I did that night, I was sitting in my black suit in my chair and people were coming by saying, oh, we can't wait to hear you tonight. Oh, gospel artists. Oh, we love your ministry. I said, I love you. You know, because some of my love me. But you know, I said, I love you. And, and um, I got jet lag. Y'all blame all of this on jet lag. Listen. And then what happened was their compliments. Hear me. Their compliments should have been encouraging. But it gave me anxiety. I want to see because some of your greatest seasons are going to introduce you, be introduced to you. And it's going to scare the life out of you. But look at somebody, tell them, do it afraid. Do it afraid. You do it afraid until fear comes up off of you. And so when I went, they said, when they came and got me, the producers came and got me and says, you up next, you need to go to the back. And when I got to the back, my people then looked at me and says, are you still going to wear the white robe? I said, I'm going to wear the white robe. You got a different spirit and embrace it. Somebody is looking for you, Caleb. Whoo! Somebody is looking for you. Somebody's looking for you, Caleb. Somebody's waiting for you to arise, Caleb. You got a different spirit. And the Bible said that Caleb spied out the land, he announced the fruit. He acknowledged the giants, but he celebrated the fruit and still couldn't touch it. Still couldn't touch the promise because of the people that he was attached to. Now, I told you Bishop McNair is coming by November. But can I go a little deeper and be honest with you? Listen to me. Listen to me. This won't stir a good praise break and it won't raise a good offering. But I got to use integrity to say this to you. It might not be this November. Because our generation renovate. We have an unhealthy theology of suffering. If I decree it. It's got to be in my hand by tomorrow. And it's going to turn around in 72 hours. And some things will. But what you're about to birth out. What you are about to possess. Listen, if you read, when you read Numbers chapter 13. He says, this is for you and your descendants. Some of us have no idea that what's getting ready to come out of us is getting ready to bless the next three generations of our family. This ain't quick. You are laying a holy foundation. And for some of you, because of the foundation that was built in your family in generations past, God has been using the last several years to break that up. A rewiring. Because he's going to make you a holy template 
Caleb, Caleb, can you imagine him being so close and still had to wait 40 years? May God give us a grace for endurance. Because some of you are are frustrated with God because it ain't happened yet. It ain't happened yet. But could it be that the reason why it ain't happened yet because it's going to be bigger than what you pray for. It's going to be bigger than what you ask for. I want you to lift your hands, Caleb. Lift your hands, Caleb. Lift your hands, Caleb. So tonight, my prayer over you is not, Lord, give it to you. It's, Lord, sustain you until he release it to you. Oh, yeah. Come on. This is a Jude 120 moment. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Your worship cannot always be something you give God to manipulate God. Yes, here's my faith. Give me what I desire. But also, here's my faith. Sustain me in what you want. I want you to lift your hands because you're releasing yourself to the timeline of God. Do you trust him? That he makes all things beautiful in his time. Do you trust him? Hey, he's going to cause you to laugh, Sarah. Do you trust him? He says, after you have suffered a while, I'll establish you. I'll perfect you. I'll mature you. Do you trust him? Caleb? 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 I come to minister to you tonight who've been thinking about resigning. I come to minister to you tonight who wish you could give it to somebody else. I come to minister to you tonight that God will not let you settle. God will not let you walk away. God will not let you quit. I want you to put your hands on somebody and tell him he'll let you catch your breath, but he won't let you quit. He'll let you catch your breath, but he won't let you walk away. Caleb! Caleb! You can't settle. 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 I know what he told me. I know what he told me. I know what he told me. You can't settle. I want you to hear me. There's a group of you in this room I want to say to you when I say you can't settle. And I'm not talking about just you can't settle till you get to your promise. I want to speak really quickly to the heart and the mind of those who are serving. But you're settling. I'm going to say this as clear as I can say it to make sure you understand me without me getting all your business. Some of you have been exposed to other people's lives, errors, and mistakes. You've become their counselors. You've been listening to their dysfunction. Now in your mind, no one's pursuing God. And no one's trying to live right. 
And now the counselor needs counseling. Because you've opened up your spirit to all of that dialogue. Now you're starting to settle. I tell you what I mean since you don't know what I'm talking about. You used to repent quickly. Then you start repenting slowly. Now you stop repenting at all. But you're still singing. Because you can do it. And you're still preaching because you can do it. You're still dancing because you can do it. But I want you to lay hands on yourself and say, don't settle, don't settle. God won't. God won't. Anybody in here, you all almost made up your mind that you were going to just do you. You know what that is, right? I'm just going to do me. I'm going to be free and do me. But I want you to lift up your hands and thank him that he didn't let you settle. Whew. Thank you. Thank you that you didn't give me over to my own mind. Thank you that you didn't give me over to the consequences of my own sin. Stand on your feet. I'm finished. Stand on your feet. And after all of those years, after all of those years, after fighting for everybody else, for the tribe of Ephraim, for the tribe of Manasseh. After fighting for Zebulon and Issachar. After tr- fighting for Reuben and Dan. Caleb. Looked at Joshua. And said give me. This mountain. I almost considered. That what he showed me. I missed it. I want to say this tonight. In this road. Because when I started, I had a girl from North Carolina A&T State University. When we were in that storefront church, I had her to draw me an octagon-shaped cathedral. She was an architectural design major with a wraparound balcony. And when we were in the storefront church, ballot could pay the bills. I said, put it on the wall. And we would walk into church and lay hands on and say, Lord, thank you for our church. And we removed to Lynchburg across from the university. We built up a prayer room and we put that design on the wall and we would lay hands on it and pray for it. Then when we left there and went to the church on Memorial Avenue, we put it up on the wall and we lay hands that God was going to give us an eight-sided cathedral with a wraparound balcony today every time I walk in it I get up and I look around and see eight sides with a wraparound balcony don't settle if what you're looking at is not what God promised that means this is not the end of your chapter so this was my desire tonight my desire was to irritate your faith. My desire was to tell my story. There's some kind of way you look on the word becoming flesh in your life. To know that God we serve is no respect of person. And I come to speak to those who are different tonight. And I want you to know God hasn't changed his mind. You're going to look up. Ho! I said, you're going to look up. Hold on. Ho! Shut! You're going to look up. He come on Isaiah. 
you're gonna be you're gonna look up hey 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 and you're gonna be standing in the middle of it I said you're gonna you're gonna look up and you're going to be standing in the middle of it so listen what I want you to do real quick when I when I count to three I want to release you to do it I want you to step away from where you are, but I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see it. The challenge with some of you, your vision has become blurry and you stop seeing it. But when I count to three, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to move forward, close your eyes, and I want you to praise God like you're in it. Do it now. One, two, three. Do it now. in the middle of it right now. You're standing in the middle of it. I come to tell you it's going to be worth the wait. It's going to be worth the wait. It's going to be worth the wait. Will you wrap your arms around somebody and tell them it's going to be worth the wait. say this real quickly if you read this text tonight this whole text is about something specific I want you to grab somebody by the right hand and I want you to help me prophesy two words to them come on grab them by the hand of power and I want you to look at them in their face now hey listen you're not a person of faith if that hand feels weak I want you to it ain't listen I ain't ain't trying to be offensive. Just give me somebody else. I want you to speak these two words because you got to read the text. This whole text is about one thing specific. I want you to prophesy and shout these two words. Tell them property deeds. There it is. says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God I pray that you are blessed by the message today 
And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.